0: Look, women don't. They basically just don't think like that. Millions of years of evolution, right? Men have to stick it in every place they can, but for women, women it is just about security and commitment and whatever the fuck else. A little oversimplified, Alice, but yes, something like that. If you men only knew. I'll tell you what I do, know is you got a little stoned tonight, you've been trying to pick a fight with me, and now you're trying to make me jealous. You've never been jealous about me, have you? Hey, no, everybody, welcome back to the Look Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we are discussing Stanley Kubrick's final film, Eyes Wide Shut, 1999. This is actually based off of the novel *Trauma Novelle, as... Uh, written by author Schnitzel, a screenplay by Frederick Raphael and Stanley Kubrick. A New York City doctor embarks on a harrowing night long odyssey of sexual and moral discovery after his wife reveals a painful secret to him. This is Rated-R, two-hour, 39-minute movie is one of the final films of Stanley Kubrick. Most people know him best for, I mean, Eyes Wide Shut being one. 2001 Space Odyssey, Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, and Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, you know, uh, Lolita, Spartacus, he's done tons of movies that have transcended Pop culture and film slash cinema. Uh, this movie, I specifically wanted to go back and check out uh, because, well, it is Christmas time, and a lot of people say "Eyes Wide Shut" is a pretty, pretty well known Christmas movie. Um, on a sixty five million dollar budget, one of Stanley Kubrick's bigger budgets, the opening weekend was only twenty one. Worldwide, it brought in 162. So it, it didn't do smashing record. It didn't smash records. But then again, if you go back and look at Kubrick's older stuff, uh, a lot of this stuff was not sma- uh, a critical success. Sorry, uh, uh, they were a critical darling, but they weren't a commercial success. That means the critics liked it, but com- commercially didn't make tons of money. This movie stars Tom Cruise as William, Doctor William Harford. And Nicole Kidman as Alice Harford. Um, they were actually dating at the time during this movie, and it is rumored that Eyes Wide Shut is the reason that they are absolute. They are no longer together. This movie is known for having the longest shoot uh, in the Guinness Book of World Records, at 400 days of shooting, which is pretty insane. For if if you calculate how long most movies are nowhere near that. Um, so, let me see, let me see. Um, let's talk about some of the technicals that I really liked about this movie. Visually, it's captivating. The writing has as questioning what's real and what's not. So there's always this kind of dream state that is going on within this uh, kind of... It's not exactly one long night. It's kind of like one or two long nights. So let's just say that. And There is this air of white male superiority in this. It's not really a pro of the movie, but it's something that I, I definitely noticed within this film. It can be... Trace back to the fact that it's a 1999 movie, and there just wasn't that much diversity in movies. But if you go back and look at this, the majority of the cast, both both uh, that you see, you know, the main cast and then the red shirts, they're all um, white or Caucasian, if whatever you want to say. The Christmas attire uh, or, or sorry setting looked amazing. I think that. Anytime that there's uh, lights in the background, you know there's ornaments and all of that fancy stuff. The trees, the snow on the ground—it's just beautiful. The soundtrack and score is very ominous in a way that I was not ready to hear. Um, let me see. The costuming towards the second half of the film is very impressive. There is some big detail that is <clears throat> had or focused on the costuming towards the second half. Now let's go to the cons. The cons mostly wrap around the treatment of women. Now I kind of feel like the treatment of women is is very odd there's some weird underage treatment um of women why why are they sexualizing them why do they have to sexualize almost every woman in this uh movie so overall i'm very much in the place of like why was that even going on i i I don't think this movie would play nearly as well in 2019. Now, a lot of movies won't, but I mean this one specifically does not sound like it is aged in a way that makes, you know, sense to me personally. I mean, this movie is all about this doctor being kind of pissed off that his wife was uh fantasizing about another man and, you know, living another life. Now, she didn't actually go and do this or anything like that, but it's that—that's the kicker for him to kind of go on this uh, odyssey of self-sexual uh, self-discovery, and I don't know the way that the women kind of flock after our main character are. I mean, it's Tom Cruise, so obviously women at some point are gonna love him, but or you know people are gonna love him. You know, men, women are gonna love him at some point. And by the way, this is all very straight white male, uh, centric. None of this had any, uh, I don't think there was any references to being, you know, homosexual, gay, or, I mean, there was a little bit at at some point, but not, there's not specifically, most of this is through the guise, uh, of looking through a straight white male's, um, vision. And so that's, I believe, half the reason why this, movie is still still works is if you look through that gaze and if you look at the people that you're watching as maybe the the top one percent of society that you're not ever going to see so we're kind of getting the innuendo into their life however you lose all diversity you lose a lot of culture with with doing that um the the treatment of women in this it's all over the place me personally, I don't think it works. Uh, from, I don't know, from the standpoint of all the women are flocking at him, and he seems to be justified. He's justifying what he wants to do with these women because of a fantasy that his wife never actually, um, you know, fulfilled. It was it was fake. It was never actually happened. So that that's kind of my problem with this. Um, Specific story, the pacing in this movie, it's it's uh, is it called Lungarious? L- Ligerius? What is it? What is the word that kind of just feels like it's a little bit padded out? Um, it does feel a little bit long, and I can see. I know a lot of people were expecting, you know, Tom Cruise and uh, Nicole Kidman to be having sex all over the screen because of the way it was advertising. You know, she did a bad, bad thing. And all that you know, all that jazz with uh, the music, but like I, <laughs> um, let me see if I can find that. Um, Baby did a bad bad thing by uh, Chris Isaac. Yeah, I. Uh, I was very interested to see how the marketing of this movie was portrayed, and it definitely kind of is sold as a sexual thriller, but it's way more surreal than that, and I don't know if you could just say that, it, you know, this two-hour and 40-minute movie is uh, a sexual thriller. It's it's much more of dream state than anything. Um, another con of mine for this movie was there's not enough Nicole Kidman in this. I do think there's she's so prominent at the beginning of the movie that not to that she's not fully fleshed throughout the entire movie, and I would have liked her a lot more. Ending of the movie is kind of a what-the-fuck moment. Um, I can definitely see some people saying, like, what? This is how you're going to end the movie? Um, I can definitely see how it works for some people, and others it doesn't. Um, You know, kind of excusing what happened the previous two hours and 40 minutes before. Eh. You know, it's... It's kind of just like... ha, You know, kind of ending. It's not like... Oh, shit. It wasn't that 2001 ending for me. You know, mind-blowing. So, uh... That's kind of how I felt about the end. A couple things about this. The movie was mostly shot in the UK because Kubrick did not like flying. So... Um, that's that's pretty crazy as well as uh, and honestly not living in New York I couldn't really tell I thought that most of the corner scenes looked pretty legit like like uh, New York apparently he had architects go to New York to actually measure the size of the streets and the sidewalks and uh, you know what the lamps looked like and stuff like that so that he could recreate the set and over in UK so I, I was really surprised by the um links this guy went stanley Kubrick went to just have the movie near uh have the movie filmed near him so let's talk about spoilers for eyes wide shut this movie is extremely difficult to talk about in non-spoiler section so let's go ahead and jump in there and there's let's hop into the fidelio section if you know what i mean where all the uh, cool cats are at. So, I had heard about the big uh, reveal in this Eyes Wide Shut movie before. I had seen a couple other movies that had referenced, uh, you know, big orgy scenes at the end, and they were like, oh yeah, we have a Eyes Wide Shut type scenario, or that's what most people would refer to as. Now, This little seance or ceremony or cult or whatever the fuck is going on at this uh at this house happens a lot sooner in the movie than I was expecting. So this is where I would immediately um I I immediately would disclose that the details in the cult scenes right before the orgies begin, you see all of the uh, you see all of the people in the masks and the robes and the this weird seance going on. And each individual of one of those masks had to have been picked out. I don't have any details about the, the specific masks that were picked out. But each one had to be picked out. And I swear there's a hundred, over 100 different masks. And each one looks specifically different. No one looks the same. Even you know Tom Cruise has a very specific mask. And look, everyone just looks very stark and different, and I, I honestly, I was like, whoa, this is, uh, you know, some next level costuming and stuff like that, so I really like that department of, of this movie, the, um, the, let me see, okay, so the actual orgy was a lot different than I actually had in my head, There's only, like, I don't know, like, a handful of women for, like, it looked like two or three hundred men, assuming all of those men, all of those people in black hoods were men. I was just like, this is not adequate. (laughs) This is not, uh, I've seen other orgy scenes, I guess, on film that, you know, did not feature, you know. An eight to three hundred uh, ratio, or something like that, and I was like, "How is this gonna work?" And so, Kubrick kind of does this tracking shot of Tom Cruise going through the orgy scene through the house, and it is awkward. The music's weird. The, the you know, it's, it's ritualistic almost. And people, there's just large amounts of people just standing on the sides of the uh, of of the screen, and I was honestly surprised that. Out of all of the naked people we see in this, I don't know how many naked women we see in this movie. It, it's over ten, probably. Uh, we don't see. I don't think we see a single guy naked in this. Or if we do, it's just like just his ass. It's like really, you're gonna go to the rated R length to not show a, a full frontal male just because you know it's it's a dick. It's just, it just it. I don't understand. What the thinking is when they are like, yes, we can have Nicole Kidman bare ass on the very first screen scene of the movie, but I swear if we show even one pube of a guy, it's like all of a sudden it's World War Three. No, nope. it's it. It just seemed so obvious to me that they were trying to cover the male gaze up only to focus on the female gaze, and it really did throw me out of the loop, it's not like I was like, I needed all these guys to just be naked, or something like that, but from a natural standpoint, it doesn't make any sense why we wouldn't, it, it, it didn't at all, and at one point, Tom Cruise, uh, Dr. William Harford's character, Tom Cruise is told he has to strip, I was like, damn, they're really gonna make Tom Cruise strip? And I was like, "How much? What, you know, what what is the budget on this movie? Is that is that where the fifty million went to? Because I mean, uh, these are some pretty high caliber um, actors uh, on this uh, movie. So how much did they pay Nicole Kidman to get naked on screen? I don't know how many times we saw her front, back, left, right, and uh, and in the fantasy, I believe that she's naked in that as well." Um, that Tom Cruise keeps having about her and that sailor guy, the naval officer, um, so I was like, damn, they're going to have Tom, once Tom Cruise is like uh, addressed in the seance, they're like, you don't belong here, you don't know the second password, you know, Fidelio my ass. Go, you know, you're, you're about to get taken out, and that's when we have, I believe it's Mandy, who is one of the hookers from the... First party at the beginning of the movie. She's the hooker that about overdosed with uh, Sidney Pollack's character Victor Ziegler. Um, and by the way, I do think the Victor character. I I wanted. I thought he was going to be the one running the séance. Like I didn't really know what was gonna gonna happen. I know that he was going to be at the séance mainly because of. The structure of the film, I felt like, you know, we had met all of these important people at the very beginning of the movie, and then he goes, you know, uh, Tom Cruise goes on this, you know, full of adventures, Uh, he, he goes on a night full of adventures, and eventually it wraps back all around to the people he was with at the beginning of the movie, and I will say it was a tad predictable in a way when it came down to that, like I was like, okay, clearly... Uh, Victor is going to be involved in the you know, rich asshole with the hooker in the beginning what I didn't know was going to happen was that basically everything that happened at the cult meeting Victor ends up saying that it was a charade it was all um, it was all for show and Mandy says that at, at that cult meeting she's like I'll, I'll take the blame for whatever uh, Dr. William Harford you know caused and so us as the viewer assume that a couple things we assume nick nightingale the piano player who got us in with the password fidelio apparently he's taken back to his hotel and beaten or he's beaten a little bit up a little bit by two big uh i don't know arms men or something like that and then victor says that nick nightingale goes home back to seattle Um, We don't have confirmation of that, except for that he was actually, you know, escorted out of his own building. And the same thing happens to Mandy, who is the other um, prostitute who we see at the beginning, played by Julian Davis. Um, And we immediately assume that she's going to be taken out as well. Like, we, you know, she's, it's kind of dramatic in the way it's that, that Kubrick quick zoom in on her face, like, I'll take the blame, and it almost felt theatrical in a way. When it first happened, I was like, this is weird. I was like, I don't believe this would ever happen, but with Victor saying that it was all charades, it makes that scene seem a little bit more like it was a charade, Um, although I don't think we have any confirmation that cult or group would actually kill anybody. I don't remember actually any death in the movie. I I just remember a lot of intimidation. So, the only problem, I guess, besides this whole, you know, odyssey of him going on this adventure, was this all because he was pissed that Nicole Kidman fantasized about going going out with another guy, you know, sleeping with another guy and leaving her family? I uh, felt that a little weak. I felt like that was definitely the weakest point of the movie. I was like, "How, how would you justify this?" You know, Tom Cruise uh, has this big blow up with Nicole Kidman at the beginning of the movie, and that's what it what really is the triggering event. You know, he's like, "I don't." He Bill believes women to be inclined to be uh, loyal, and the entire movie, women are sexualized. And they flock after him. And our examples are the women at the party, the Russian's uh, daughter, uh, the patient's daughter, the first hooker he runs into on the street, and then the hooker's roommate, and then Mandy. He has women all night flocking to to him, and we actually find out one of the first hooker has AIDS, and it's kind of like, ooh, he almost slept with that woman. It's like... What does that have to say about that? You know, it it kind of dampers the mood that Tom Cruise is, you know, obviously he's about to cheat on Nicole Kidman, but, I mean, knowing that she has AIDS kind of recontextualizes that um, that scene as well. It's like, oh my gosh, maybe you shouldn't be running around acting like a fool, um, you know, laying with hookers and whatnot. Um But, I mean, at the very end of the movie, uh, we see Nicole Kidman sleeping with the mask that uh, Tom Cruise used at the cult party. And, first of all, she never said he smelled. I guarantee you that orgy would have fucking smelled when he walked in after that... uh, that party, I think he just goes and lays in bed with her or something, very close, he would smell like ass, he would smell like just raw ass, I don't care if he was involved or not, that has to just be terrible smell, so that was the first thing that I would have thought, I was like, Kubrick, you did not think about that, did you, didn't think about how terrible that would smell, uh, So, first of all, uh, Bill should have smelled like ass after that uh, orgy. Second of all, that mask probably smells like ass as well. Um, And so we see that Nicole Kidman found the mask. And when Tom Cruise is trying to return the mask to the Russian guy, he's like, fuck, I forgot it. All that. And then he goes back to find that Alice is laying in bed with the mask. And, you know, he just breaks down and crying. And honestly, I was like, dude, um,. I don't know if he needed to, to do all that. I mean, he he does feel extreme guilt and everything like that, but I, I was like Jesus, he just uh, spilling all the beans, and so he's uh, he's like, I'll tell you everything, and then it flashes to the next morning, and it's uh, you know Alice Harford and uh, Alice and Bill are you know really upset. They've been smoking cigs and crying all night, and then they have to go Christmas shopping for their kid, and she kind of just like she's. You know, they're they're kind of dismissive of their kid. Really, I think these are horrible parents, honestly, because they give no attention to their kid. But um, they take her to a Christmas shop to get some Christmas goods, and while they're having uh, shopping for family, uh, their family and whatnot for their kid, they just start talking about you know the events. And at the very end of the line, uh, Alice Hartford's like, "Well, you know what we need to do." We need to find somewhere to fuck as soon as possible. Cut to credits. I was like, wait, w- wait, what? I was like, after all of that, after Tom Cruise going on this little escapade and him fantasizing about, you know, some non existent dude that you didn't run off with, like, you're going to let him off the hook like that? Like, dang, I do not believe that they they would just sit there and say oh thank goodness we have the love that we do you know it, it it seemed like it just swept everything under the rug in a way for me personally I'm not sure if that's how the novel ends but if that's the way the movie's gonna end I mean it's just like I could definitely see this not working as an ending for a lot of people now I do want to hear the people that it does work with really well with I, I'd love to hear your comments love to hear your feedback what are your impressions of Stanley Kubrick's last film I think it's a technical masterpiece I do think the story has some nooks and crannies in it that really could, uh, could need to be etched out but I like how it kind of leaves you in a place where it's like well you know everything's completely different the next morning after it happens it's almost like did it happen or did it not happen you know so that's why I like the surrealness of uh, Kubrick's movies when, when they come in with that kind of storytelling. But uh, yeah, I I think I've covered Eyes Wide Shut about as thoroughly as I can, single-handedly. If I have some more um, comments or something, I'll put them in the show notes. If you really liked it, or if you really didn't like Eyes Wide Shut, let me know. I'm really curious to see what your opinions are on the Kubrick's movies as well. I'll add the 2001 uh, movie review in the comment section as well. That was, I think so far, 2001 has been my favorite Kubrick movie. Um, But yeah, thank you for listening to the Lugdahl podcast. Oh, one more thing before we stop. I was almost banking money that Nicole Kidman was going to be under one of those masks at the party or she was going to be one of the prostitutes, and I was like, that's going to be the biggest mic drop. It never happened. However, she does have this weird dream, kind of as if she was there. So, um, it's it's an interesting thriller. So, check out Eyes Wide Shut when you can. Shoot a comment. Shoot a question. Let me know what you think. Comments, questions, concerns. Look at our podcasts at gmail.com. Check out all the social medias and whatnot. We are Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and everything else that you need to know. That's good. SoundCloud for the entire library of Doll podcasts. And we could not do this without five stars on iTunes, on Overcast, on Google Play, whatever you listen to us on. Thank you, and take it easy. You men only knew.